Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is The Referral with me, Dr. Curran, and the whole point of this podcast is to debunk myths and have chats with interesting people, world-leading experts, scientists, doctors, to give you actionable information that can hopefully improve your life, make you happy, make you healthy, and counteract the absolute tidal wave of nonsense misinformation out there from all of these charlatans that at best are giving you pseudoscience and at worst are actually worsening your lives and making your bank balance a bit lighter. And today's guest epitomizes exactly what this podcast is about, debunking absolute bullshit and nonsense. We have James Smith. He is one of the fastest growing personal trainers online with millions of followers across social media. And actually, he's been described as the Gordon Ramsay of the health and fitness world. Forget Gordon Ramsay. This is the one and only James Smith. Everything he does is science-based. He debunks these fake wellness gurus and influencers who tell you treacherous ways to lose fat and lose weight. None of that. Because when they actually understand it, they're like, what, so I don't have to run before work? Mate, go for a walk on your lunch break, reduce the amount of calories coming in here. We're gonna give you some more protein at night. People are always asking me random questions. So it's only fair that I allow my guests to do the same. I knew you knew a lot about bums. So yeah. when you like ask, ask you a question, I was like, it's gotta be bum fun. <laughs> it's gotta be bum fun. And now it's time for you to ask me any questions you'd like. Now, if you'd like to get in touch as well, drop a note at thereferralpod.com. Also coming up, if it ducks like a quack. Now, I feel really strongly about this because this is where I bust myths and some of them are gonna blow your mind. Carbs are nothing magical. They're also not demonic, so include them as part of a normal diet. But first, what the health is going on? A quick glimpse at all the latest news in the world of science, medicine, and health. What the health? This is groundbreaking stuff and a world first. A paralyzed man is walking again thanks to Bluetooth. Allow me to explain. So when Gert Jan Oskam broke his neck in a cycling accident in China over 10 years ago, he was told he would never walk again. Well, he is. So first, neurosurgeons implanted electrodes in his brain, which registers his neural activity when he tries to move his legs, his thoughts, basically. Those readings or those thoughts are processed by an algorithm which converts them into pulses which are then fed into electrodes in his spine. So the device in his brain connects via Bluetooth to the device in his spine. Those pulses which reach the spine activate nerves which switches on the muscles which are used for the intended movement like moving his legs. Basically, it's a thought-controlled Bluetooth device that connects the brain with regions of the spine that control movement. It's a digital bridge which bypasses a spinal cord injury. The wonders don't end there. When the device was switched off after use, Jan Oskam still had some function in his legs and scientists believe that the connection formed between the spinal cord and the brain helped to regenerate some of those nerves. Dogs in scrubs. What the hell am I talking about? Well, science has confirmed that dogs officially need to be employed in the hospital. This new study makes fur babies evidence-based. In the Shizuoka Children's Hospital in Japan, there were trained full-time dogs that were used in the children's hospital for a number of duties. 
Now, these aren't your average puppers. They are fully trained therapy dogs, which do a number of things. They visit patients' bedside, they walk with the children to surgery, they cuddle them when they're stressed to make them fall asleep. The study surveyed 431 medical professionals, and 73% rated the dogs as highly effective at increasing patient cooperation during examinations and procedures. And if you've ever worked with children in any capacity, you will know how difficult they can sometimes be. And this is a little bit sad, maybe with a silver lining, but they were also noted to improve palliative care in children with terminal illnesses. Now, dogs aren't going to cure any diseases as far as we know right now, but this model of dog service use in children's hospital is potentially a model that we could use as an adjunct to traditional care to improve patients' quality of life and symptoms, potentially. And if you're wondering which breeds were employed in the hospital, it was golden retrievers, lab retrievers, or a mix of both because these dog breeds specifically love to please their owners and patients. Hello listeners of The Referral, it's me, Dr. Curran. Are you tired of scouring the internet for medical answers only to end up on shady websites? Is your For You page full of TikTok experts pushing miracle weight loss drugs and superfoods? There's so many myths and nonsensical health advice out there on the internet, but on our weekly crowd science episodes, I'm helping real listeners like you get the truth. Subscribe to the Referral Plus and you'll get access to additional crowd science episodes every week devoted entirely to answering your questions. Plus, as an added bonus, you'll enjoy ad-free listening of all our episodes. You can even try it for free. Just head over to the referral show page on Apple Podcasts and click on the Try Free button at the top of the page to start listening today. Have a question of your own? Visit theferralpod.com and submit it. There is no question too weird or too awkward for me. So what are you waiting for? Don't let the internet deceive you. Subscribe now to the Referral Plus and start getting answers today. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Imagine trying to find an undigested seed in a heap of steaming shit. That is how hard it is to find good, accurate health information online. But thankfully, there are those online who can sift through the bullshit and come up with the treasure amongst the trash. James Smith has been a personal trainer for nine years and he's written three books, which has seen him become a Sunday Times bestseller. In addition to his books, he's got a podcast and his own personal training app. Ever since he started, he's been swimming against the waves and calling out bullshit left, right and centre, which is probably one of the reasons why we get along so well. James, thanks for being here today. Thank you very much for having me. I mean, you've now been doing social media. I've been following you since about 2018, I think it was. You obviously are someone that divides opinion, polarises people. But actually what you're saying is not a polarizing opinion, it's fact. For example, one of the first things which stood out to me was calorie deficit, calorie fucking deficit. And you had the t-shirts with the CFD, all of that stuff, and you kept plugging it. And for me, you were saying that in an era, this is like kind of that 2010s era, where people like V-Shred were at the peak of their game and they were really subscribing to that somatotype model. You know, people are ectomorphs, endomorphs, mesomorphs, whatever. And Athlean X and all of these people 
who were ripped and in great shape, flexing their authority bias, and people were buying into that. These are seasoned bodybuilders and fitness professionals, almost pushing that dogma even more. And then you come out of nowhere, you know, someone is you know, a personal trainer in a gym in Australia saying, no, it's not all of that. It's just this. What kind of reception did he get when you first started, you know, trying to reverse that traditional bullshit? Yeah, at first it was not a lot of response to answer simply. Then I remember I didn't have a camera. I didn't know how to edit. My laptop was like a 2011 MacBook. So my only option was to go live. So there's a period of like maybe a year in 2017 where at 3 p.m. I'd be at the gym all day with my clients. I'd walk home. 3 p.m. is 6 a.m. in the UK during the summer. You've got to go live. And if you want to get some engagement from that live, mm. you've got to do it and say it in a certain way. So I was like, what can I have as a clickbait title? What could be like almost anti-establishment, what people yeah. would believe? What can I say that's going to be controversial? What could be something that gets them to tag their friend in? So I'd think about it and I'd be like, okay, cool, go live. Boom. Yeah. And it was like a, a, a piece to camera, a salt. It was a moan. It was informative. I was trying to be educational with it. And I was just trying to educate people because there were big periods in my life that I could have done with that information. I did an um, insanity workout when I was younger. You oh, heard yeah. of that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, Which, duper. Sean, Sean T. Yes. So I was jumping around. P90X. Sweating. Yeah. Trying to get in shape. And like, it seems insane now, but no one told me. Then, And everyone's like, well, you're a fucking idiot. Well, I obviously was. Yeah. No one was like, eat less food. Don't worry so much about the exercise. Because I was training rugby like three, four yeah, times a week. Yeah. But then two for Tuesdays, pizza, I was like, it, it just never occurred to me. And if someone had just tapped me on the shoulder when I was 18, 19, 20, hey, mate, maybe don't eat till like 2 p.m. Yeah. And then continue your current diet. And with what you're doing with rugby, you'll probably lose a bit of weight. Yeah. Uh, what if that doesn't work? I don't know. Try either eating better, which I wouldn't have done at uni. Yeah. Or go to one meal a day. Something like that. Something so crazy. Or, mate, have a protein shake before rugby training. One big meal with your mates after. Domino's pizza or whatever. I never treated the amount of weight I had as like a currency or a bank balance. Because all of us, every day, we have to yeah. think about our finances. Mm. That's why uh, rich kids have a distorted reality of the world. They don't actually have to manage their money. They yeah. never have to worry about it running out. We have like a polar opposite with composition. And yeah, for a long time, I just, I never really thought of it like that. I, my knowledge and standpoint for so long was all about exercise do more exercise run more I'd get up at 6am and go for a run before work it's miserable do you know how miserable that is mm. like you've just brushed your teeth you're dehydrated you're going out and trying to run three miles yeah, before going sure. to the office like when you can empower people with the knowledge like hey there are so many different ways that we can elicit uh, an energy balance deficit yeah then, the, then people become empowered because when they actually understand it, they're like, what? So I don't have to run before work. Mate, go for a walk on your lunch break, reduce the amount of calories coming in here. We're going to give you some more protein at night. Yeah. But the problem is, you know, even though you broke that mindset of people of thinking beyond, I need to do intermittent fasting, I need to do keto to lose weight, I need to, you know, think about my insulin resistance and starvation mode and all that. You, you sort of, you, Darren, and, you know, a, a bunch of other creators, you know, started to bleed in more science into that fitness space, which is all about just personal opinion and anecdotes for a long period of time. But now there seems to be a new wave of pseudoscientists who blend in misinformation with like kernels of truth. Like for example, there's a whole spate of people, you know, in supermarkets, topless or whatever, looking at, you know, picking up fruits, uh, you know, foods and whatever out of the uh, shelves and commenting on them. 
and then quoting studies like you, you know there are there are five scientific journals published every minute so in you know in the kind of universe of like publications you can find something whether it's like a cell study or a mouse study that will suit your point that you're making but now there are all these now doctors who have so-called doctors, I don't know if they're doctors, but who have gone rogue and then promoting all these like really batshit ideas. What, how, how can you, what's the solution? <laughs> I mean, I've seen this. There's a lot of people and they just put like a PubMed code. They're oh. like PMID 009241. And it's like 20 years old. And you're like, bro, what you think I'm going to, that's your, that's your way of saying that you're smart. What am I yeah. going to do? Like screenshot your fucking video, <laughs> go onto PubMed and be like 002419, you know, yeah. then what I'm going to read through every single part Which, of it, yeah. scroll down to the conclusion. Sweetness, for instance, mm. I've always been banging this drum, like artificial sweetness. I don't think are bad. I'm for it. And even if, even if they were bad, oh, they're bad for gut microbiome, whatever. I believe it's probably still the better of two fucking evils, right? So yeah. that's, then people are like, yeah, but this study says that it shows you'll get cancer. And I'm like, in rats? In rats, in cells. Are you a fucking in vitro. rat? And then I do videos. I'm like, but, but this is where I like to think that my expertise come in. I'm like, okay, how can I take this point? How can I bring the solution, but present it in a way that people enjoy watching mm. it? So I'm like, hey guys, you know, I just really want to apologize. Everything, you know, I've been saying artificial sweeteners are safe. I've been saying that, you know, you can drink uh, Coke Zero, but the truth is that you should never, ever, cons never consume these things if you're a fucking rat. <laughs> you know, like, and then people are like, you can take them along with it, yeah. have some fun with it. And then their friend who's like, oh, full sugar's better. They tag them in the comments. And then uh, yeah. as that's happening, I'm like, cool. I've been subservient to my audience with something that is going to benefit their life. And at the same time, give them a little chuckle because, you know, I said this to you before, nothing makes me more excited than having a content idea about something. Like I did a video on creatine. Yeah. I watched the three top videos from the three smartest people that I respect because I can respect someone and completely appreciate how smart they are whilst at the same time think they're fucking boring. Mm. And that was yeah probably the biggest breakthrough revelation for me was maybe 2014, 2015, looking at the top dogs in the industry going, more muscular than me, smarter than me, more experienced than me, but all you cunts are boring. Yeah, they can't get that audience retention to follow along. Um, but you mentioned uh, the sweetness thing. There was something very recently, the WHO. World Health Organization. Um, yeah. World Health Organization, you know, coming out in their report based on you know, their empirical evidence that sweeteners, the non-nutritive sweeteners, or the artificial sweeteners, are not good for long-term fat loss. What are your, what's your, like, hot take on that? This reminds me of when people in the fitness space, you talk about sweeteners and sweetened beverages, they go, just drink water. Yeah. And you're like, fucking no-brainer, mate. But the truth is that person wants a cold, fizzy, refreshing drink that tastes sweet. Yeah. They want it. Because they've always fucking had that. Then when they go to lunch, the psychological pain of picking up a water just reminds them they're on a diet. Mm. So I've got Coke Zero in my fucking bag right here just in case I fancy something fizzy. So what we need to do in so many situations is to do food swaps because yeah. we've seen what happens. Everyone should have anecdotal imperial evidence of what happens when you replace the foods you eat with healthy foods. You don't stick to it. Instead, we should be looking to swap foods for slightly better versions. There's something that I did a video on maybe maybe seven years ago, I called it food intensity scaling, where I said, identify all the foods in your diet. Yeah. Instead of swapping out a donut for broccoli or whatever, I was like, try and find something that is Matches lower it. on that scale. So for instance, if you said, James, 
what's the food you could easily consume a thousand calories of? I say ice cream, but you mm. wouldn't just say ice cream. You say, what is it? I go fish food, Ben and Jerry's fish food. They go, cool. Now I'm not saying don't eat ice cream. What I'm saying is if we swap the Ben and Jerry's fish food for a Haagen-Dazs vanilla, would you still enjoy it? Yes. Would it help you eat less? Yes. Therefore let's try that. Right, yeah. Maybe even you like pizza on a Saturday. Cool. Everyone likes pizza on a Saturday. How about a burger and chips? Why? Because that's a reduction in calories. You still get the hedonic food from a fast food takeaway, whatever it is. Then over time, you pick these things. People have done this for years. When you go from normal potato fries to sweet potato fries, in some respects, you might consume less. So like we're actually doing these kind of like food intensity swaps. And one of those that may not be easily to spot in a massive study is when you take someone that drinks fucking, I had an Uber driver the other day telling me how much weight he's gained since he started mm-hmm. driving Uber. I said, mate, just, and he, he was like, oh, so the sweetened ones aren't bad for me. I said, mate, you swap in those fizzy drinks for a sweet and sugar-free version, a couple hundred calories a day. When I was in med school, I was, you know, very near a gym. I'd skip lectures, go to the gym, I'd have fun, you know, I'd go with my mates. It's like a kind of almost like a little, you know, an hour or two where you hang out with your mates, you do some weights or whatever. It feels good. And I didn't necessarily do the gym for weight loss. It was just for fun. And I liked the fact of, you know, getting stronger. Uh, I was like swimming and playing cricket then. So it was like, help me bowl faster. You know, if I lifted more weights, I had more kind of strength in my shoulders, etc. So I did it for functional and fun purposes. But this kind of fat loss world almost, the fitness industry with all the supplements, authority bias of random people telling you to do this, this and this of fat loss. I mean, it's almost now covered the point that there's actually so many other things that prop up your health, not just your weight. So um, one thing that I used to do when I went to the gym when I was younger, I used to work a nine to five. I used to work in Oxbridge mm. and I lived in like Ascot and there's loads of traffic. I'd sit in like mm. fucking 40 minutes of traffic a day. I realized if I woke up half an hour earlier, I missed all the traffic, but I got to work an hour early. So I then was like, fuck it, I'll get a gym membership next to where I work. Which seemed kind of counterintuitive. So got up half an hour earlier, which wasn't a lot, went to bed half an hour earlier. Drove all the way to Oxbridge, zero traffic. And it was a more enjoyable drive. I've reduced my stress. Yeah. Get to the gym. And then it meant when I left the house, I was wearing gym gear. Suddenly my right. world was nicer. Yeah. Getting a suit and leaving the house, knowing you're about to sit in traffic. It was fucking oh, shy. Yeah, so then... I get there, go to the gym. It didn't matter. I had an hour before I needed to be at work. So I'd train and I'd be so happy I didn't sit in traffic this morning. Mm. I was like, I'm so productive. I've got half an hour of my my flipping life back. Suddenly I had a place to just ex- escape a job I didn't enjoy. I now had to sandwich my morning between something I enjoy, going to work, something I enjoy, going back to work, and then I can go home. Yeah. I This was the first time in my life I actually had a third place. I had my work, I had my home, and I had the gym but not in the sense that your goal was fat loss. Not fat loss, not a cathartic release from stresses of life. I just knew it was good for me. I didn't know what I was doing, didn't know how to squat, didn't know how to deadlift. I was probably like 21, 22. Yeah. And at, that, at 22, I couldn't deadlift my body weight. And I think that maybe younger listeners need to appreciate that at 30, I was considered one of the like nation's most in-demand personal trainers. Mm. But at 21, I couldn't deadlift my body weight. Yeah. I didn't know how. So going to that place, having that third place, for so many people that I talk to about getting into fitness, that's what I'm saying. Have another place you can go to. Like just going in there and having some time to yourself is worth it already. Then we can optimize. Then we can give you a program. Then we can give you something to work towards. I would actually get someone to embrace that before calories. Everyone's like, because I'm the calorie deficit guy, everyone's like, oh, you count calories in my fitness pal. I'm like, that's just a really effective tool. And it doesn't work for everyone, but it worked for me. So again, it's personal bias. Calorie deficit is obviously like a very 
simple concept to say, but even like these sustainable changes, you know, like if someone does want to lose weight, not that they need to, if whatever, if they're you know, a normal way to and they're training, but, you know, people are now trying to rush that process as being the primary thing they want to achieve. And that's why pe more and more people are using things like a Zempic off-label to lose weight. And I think you said you were about to use it at one point, but you... So, um, and again, so you've got uh, Semaglutide, mm. you've got a Zempic, yeah. uh, you've got Saxenda. So the semaglutide is the active ingredient in a Zempic at a higher dose than what they'd use for diabetics. So I remember um, straight away, I was talking about all three of these in a YouTube video and mm. someone was like, they're different. One's yeah. one a day, one's one a week. And I'm like, guys, I'm just Same doing it. Just doing it. Yeah. The point I was saying is we've now got injectables that kill hunger. But this is the interesting thing about yeah. this. First of all, yes, I was going to do the video. I was going to get Shreddy Kruger. Then at the end, be like, guys, like gaunt as fuck. I tried the injections, whatever, but I checked out the side effects. Yeah. And I was like, fuck that. I'd rather do a video about something else. One of the key things that I actually quite like about these weight loss injections is for so long, everyone's saying their metabolism's broken. Yeah. You know, oh, starvation mode. Yeah, James, you know, you know, I've yo-yo dieted all the years. My metabolism's broken. Oh, I've got a slow metabolism. Oh, you know, my thyroid wasn't good five years ago. All of yeah. this shit. I go... If I give you this injection, yeah. you will lose weight. Yeah. And guess what? This injection doesn't impact your metabolism. What mm. it does is it stops you fucking eating. Yeah. Three weeks later, they're like, I've lost a stone, I've lost two stone. And I'm like, yeah, that broken metabolism of yours Fixed. just churned through calories and you lost weight. Why? Because you stopped putting things in your mouth. I mean, the thing is, I deal with bariatric patients. I've done, you know, surgery on bariatric patients in the past. And... You know, for, for me, like obesity is, it's quite a complex topic, obviously. Uh, in the NHS, anyway, the criteria for having bariatric surgery is you need to be above BMI 40 or above 35 with conditions like diabetes or other metabolic conditions, which, you know, are not in the best control. So then they have, you know, various bariatric surgery, ruin Y bypass, gastric bypass, sleeve gastrectomies, you cut a bit of the stomach, all these sort of things. But actually, those are very difficult to reverse if you do like a surgical operation on someone. Ruin Y bypass, you're literally taking the small intestine and replumbing it. You are rewiring the plumbing inside, which is very difficult to reverse and has obviously, you know, significant complications if things do go wrong. So actually having an injection for that subset of people who are very overweight, obese, with metabolic conditions, it's a game changer. But I'm now seeing, and I saw a patient maybe last year who was uh, using the Ozempic off-license for weight loss. I mean, you know, this person was in pretty good health, actually. But the reason for taking it was that they wanted a six-pack before their wedding, and they came in with pancreatitis, an inflammation of their pancreas, because that's one of the risks of Ozempic. Not to mention, obviously, with the dramatic weight loss, if you're doing it in someone like yourself and you took Ozempic, yes, you'd lose weight, but would the body composition change be favorable for you? Like the amount of muscle you'd lose and the bone density loss, would that pay for the cost of fat that you'd lose? Is that worth it for you? It would increase my chance of injury. It would make me feel worse. It would give me like, it would only just increase the amount of problems. I thought for 30 days I could eat it. But uh, like you say, I, I think it's great that we're not having to perform surgery on people. But the reason I'm kind of anti these jabs is because Right now, the listeners, I reckon 90% of them don't need it and want it. 10% mm. of them need it, can't get it. Yeah. So like, the, talking to the larger audience here. You and I have both come across lots of nonsense online. What would be 
the three worst things or trends, fads, thing, statements that people have said online in A- your career online? Any single thing they say promotes health. Okay. I hate it because so many people think they just need to do that thing. That one thing can change your life. Like, let's say there are 10 pillars. Yeah. Sleep, sunlight, stress, relationships, nutrition, training, strength, whatever it is. I hate it when people go in on one. One, yeah. Because you need the, you know, enough cement in all the pillars to hold up the roof. We need to sit back and say, tell me about your life. Because most of the time people tell you the things that need to change. I had this where mm. I came back from Bali. I'm in Australia. And I I had a bit of pain around by my kidney. So I'm like, I need to go to the doctor. So I go to the doctor. I get in there and I sit down and I go, I've got this pain by my kidney. I don't think it's my kidney. I think I pulled a muscle. And truth be told, I've been going out way too much. I haven't been sleeping enough. I've been partying a lot. And I probably just need to have a few weekends off the piss. But I'd like you to check this. This is my kidney. And he goes... If it, he goes, if it was your kidney, you'd fucking know about it. He goes, you wouldn't be here. You'd be like, if you had a kidney stone or something, you'd be... Oh, yeah, you'd be on the floor in agony. He goes, I'll have a look, but he goes, you pulled a muscle. And as far as what you need to do, you've already told me as you walked in. Yeah. He was like, go do those things. And I was like, cheers, mate. And that was it. And for so many, rather than coming in someone and going, spirulina is the best fucking thing ever, or greens powder or whatever it is. Hey, tell me about your life. Oh, I probably should go to bed earlier. I do skip the gym quite a lot, but to be, to be honest, I prefer playing tennis. And, yeah. you know, and you're like, cool, well, how about set yourself a bedtime? How about train once a week with a good program that incorporates everything? And how about book in two tennis matches a week with people that you like and have a revolving booking at that court that you go to? Oh, is that enough? Yeah. Well, yeah, do that for the next few months. And if you're still not losing fat, then we'll look at your calories. See, this is why I followed you on social media. And this is why you've done so well, because... It's not polarizing opinion, it's just facts. And, you know, you are prioritizing facts over feelings consistently. And that might ruffle a few feathers that might, you know, but those are the people that would never subscribe to the facts anyway. And, this, is, um, this is the beautiful thing, that's right? That's the beauty. I pick fights with people that will never do business for me. And who are never going to win as well, because, you you know, just it's evidence-based. E- even though it might not sound evidence-based, it is evidence-based. And, um, James, I think we're going to be having a lot more chats so James, you've got a question for me today. I think it's going to be a rogue one, but, you know, I'm game. Let's go. <laughs> oh, no. No, no, no. Just just one I'm genuinely curious about. Yeah. When it comes to anal sex, yeah. what is a practitioner's advice? Do you tell people not to do it? Is it healthy? Is it something we've seen in history? Is it something from watching too much porn? Are there hygienic issues or complications when it comes to bum fun? Yeah, so there's lots of layers in that conversation. Um it's not something I've been routinely asked. Routine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think... Because um, I'm actually genuinely curious about yeah, this, yeah. right? Because in some circles, it's held in a connotation of being a bad thing. And some people, yeah. they're saying it's a good thing. We have a G-spot in there, apparently. So the male G-spot has been commonly thought to be the prostate. It's you know involved in the release of prostatic fluid, which is then a component of semen. And, you know, even in men who are dead and their partner wants to secure some semen, they can, you know, do it like a bull where they get some um, electrocution device and zap some electricity into the prostate to stimulate it to contract so they can, you know, the dead corpse can ejaculate and they can collect it or they can... There was a successful uh, case of this in Australia recently with someone who was a snowboarder. He went uh, deep sea fishing and he drowned 
last. What's it called where you hold your breath for a long period of time? Free diving. Free dive. Oh, right. Okay. Really tragic. Beautiful relationship. Wife. And she's going through the grieving process of a partner who's only like 30, maybe yeah. 33. Mm. She didn't even consider it. But then one of her friends was like, I know this is really inappropriate, but you should ask his family for consent to extract semen from him. Yeah. They called five doctors in the Gold Coast region. Yeah. Everyone was like, we've heard of this, but none of us have ever done it and we don't think it's going to work. The percentage chance of it working were very small mm. and she fell pregnant with his child. It, it's better now because you can extract it directly through needle aspiration from the vas deferens, which is the tube which you know transports the sperm or this you know prostatic stimulation. Do you but, know what? Fuck yeah. the anal sex thing. This is a much better question because now we're yeah. raising awareness to the fact that, that you the, can, yeah, in the most horrendous situation, if it's a tragic situation. Then this is a possibility. Although I would say that I've never heard about it done in the NHS, and I don't know. Because also it'd be up to the doctors, it'd be up to the family of the deceased person. There's there's like a whole ethical can of worms. And there's so many consent issues and legal issues and ethical issues and moral issues that it would be very difficult to find a doctor. You know, like even those doctors in Australia saying, mm, don't want to do it. That's an, also an ethical issue for the doctor. Like, you know, you want to go in and extract semen from someone who's dead. What was his wishes? Did he not want his body to be tampered with, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but... With regards to the anal sex, that is a common source of trauma that I would see. You know, I would see as a surgeon, people and coming that's in why with, I ask because of yeah, the- you know, inserting uh, foreign objects up their bottom. But sometimes it can be. Um, it's not only just you know kink. It can be uh, uh, abuse, rape. Someone's coming with you know anal trauma, and it can be to the extent where it can actually uh, damage the external anal sphincters and cause lots of you know, lacerations and damage over there and that can affect the bowel function but in terms of you know two consensual people having anal sex the one thing is that when you insert something from the bottom end like an enema essentially it can produce a laxative type effect so you know anecdotally I, if someone were to ask me that hypothetically I would say make sure you fully cleaned out uh, from the bottom end and obviously taking it slow because the actual anus the kind of stretch potential of that is about six inches you know anything more than that then it's irreversible damage wow i knew you knew a lot about bums so yeah. when you like ask ask you a question i was like it's got to be bum fun <laughs> it's got to be bum fun hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters may 17th do you want to tell people the big news all right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. If it ducks like a quack, quack. 
The reason I have such a bone to pick with myths and misinformation about health, wellness, diet, fat loss and all that stuff is because it directly affects the patients I see. And obviously this week we're going to be focusing on the diet industry, which is full of nonsense. All right, so the first one, avoid carbs if you want to lose weight. Now, this is... It's a difficult one to talk about because clearly if you avoid carbs, it's not a guarantee that you're going to lose weight and you can also eat carbs and still lose weight. Now, if we look at carbs, carbs tend to be hyper palatable. You want to eat them more. They're moreish foods like crisps or chips, rice, things like that. They also happen to be higher in calories. They're more energy dense. They're moreish. They're more convenient to uh, get gain access to they also have a relatively high volume you can eat a lot and still not feel full they're not very satiating it's easier to over consume these and then possibly gain weight a lot of people find that if they cut out carbs they lose weight and then correlate that with carbs being evil but the fact is for the reasons i mentioned they're probably overeating carbs because they're easier to overeat so everything in moderation so this is not quite a total myth but carbs are nothing magical they're also not demonic so include them as part of a normal diet so here's another one you probably might have heard some foods speed up your metabolism now one variable that you need to take into account when you're talking about your metabolism and your metabolic rate is the thermic effect of food there are certain foods which burn more calories when you eat them because your body you know, needs more energy and more works put in to digest it. So commonly, something like that would be foods that are high in protein. Your body has to work harder to digest it, as opposed to something like carbohydrates, simple carbohydrates, like maybe a banana, for example. So a steak versus a banana, your body is going to be burning through more calories and more energy to digest the steak versus the banana. So yes, technically, if you looked at it and accurately measure the calories burnt when you're eating a steak versus a banana you'll be burning more does that mean you just need to eat steaks and ignore all of these foods that don't burn calories no you need to have a balance in everything and as i've always said you know prioritizing in meals making sure you get enough protein in your meals now we're not talking about crazy excessive amounts of protein you don't need to be eating 100 grams of protein every meal but you do not need to pay consideration to fat burning foods that is a myth and you also don't need to buy any scammy fat burning pills because there is no such thing so ever since I started medical school, and then even when I became a doctor, it got even worse. I've had friends, family, and even just acquaintances start messaging me about various problems. And on social media, as I've grown my following, I've even had some unsolicited pictures of soft, fleshy parts for me to diagnose. But this is the chance for you to ask questions to me, and I will answer them. This is crowd science. So Kiana has emailed in asking, should I be taking ibuprofen and paracetamol at the same time? Now, ibuprofen and paracetamol work in different ways. Ibuprofen is an NSAID. It's a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug. And paracetamol, both of those together, they have their own functions on the body and they are great painkillers. And actually, they are agonistic, which means they work really well when you take them together. Now, there are some caveats to that. So, you know, an average adult 
assuming they are, you know, have no other significant liver conditions or anything like that, it's safe to take up to four grams of paracetamol on a daily basis. Anything more than that, you are overdosing on paracetamol if you're taking more than four grams. And another important thing to, you know, take care is it's very easy to overdose on paracetamol. You know, a lot of these uh, cold and flu remedies that you take that, where you pour the sachet and then you pour some boiling water on, they contain paracetamol in you know low amounts, maybe up to 200 milligrams sometimes. And then if you're also taking paracetamol tablets, you can see if you're combining the both, it's very easy to go over that four gram limit. Now, when it comes to ibuprofen, one of the effects of uh, ibuprofen is it obviously gives you fantastic pain relief, but also in the way it works, it's a COX enzyme inhibitor. So what it does is one of the roles is obviously pain relief because it does that by blocking the production of prostaglandins. Now, prostaglandins are these pesky chemicals that are involved in the perception of pain. And that's why, you know, you get period pains, you get heart attack pains because there's a release of prostaglandins. Now, by blocking the production of prostaglandins, there's another role for prostaglandins as well, and that is mucus production. And you need mucus to line your stomach cavity. So if you've got less prostaglandin, you've potentially got less mucus that's protecting your stomach lining and you can get irritation of the stomach lining because that defense barrier has been weakened. So there have been reports of ibuprofen or these NSAIDs, non-steroidals, if they're taken continuously, especially on an empty stomach, it can cause ulcers and very rarely even erode into the stomach causing a perforation, a hole in the stomach or the small intestine. So take it with a meal and if you're taking it long term, so for an extended period of time, you probably need something to protect your stomach lining as well, like a proton pump inhibitor, something like a meprazole, something like that. Anyway, this is all for educational purposes. And if you need any medications prescribed or any changes to your medication, speak to your doctor. Thank you, Kiana. That was a very good question. And if you've got a burning question that you want me to answer, get in touch at thereferralpod.com. Okay, so that is enough of me talking for this week. You can pick up your next dose of Sciencegasm next Tuesday. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Referral. Yes, I am a real doctor, but it's important to know that if you require specific medical advice, please contact your own doctor. And please remember, nothing on this show is intended to provide or replace specific medical advice that you would receive from your own healthcare worker. This has been a Sony Music production. Production management was Jen Mystery. Videos were by Ryan O'Meara. Studio engineer was Ed Gill. Music was by Josh Carter. Grace Lakewood and Hannah Talbot were the producers. And Gaynor Marshall is the executive producer. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.